Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. And today we are talking about Leverage, the second season, the 10th episode, called The Runway Job. Beth, what did you think? Okay, for a little behind the curtain perspective, it's been a few weeks since we've recorded for Leverage. Yeah. Because of just life stuff, sometimes shit happens. I think what I predicted for this episode was that it was going to be something about, like, the fashion industry mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the models. I like, do remember that you, like, you had the setting correct, but the, like, the storyline was slightly wrong. Yeah. And I just want to say, while I stand by my prediction, I I did like the avenue that they went in terms of, like, talking about sweatshops and stuff and, like, the yeah. inhumane conditions and things. I also like the fact that they didn't, they didn't go... Oh, but this is a sweatshop in China. Yes. This is an issue in China. That was the same thing I was they just like, going to say. They were, it wasn't just like an Indian sweatshop. It wasn't just like a Chinese. Like, they were like, it's, sweatshops exist everywhere. Yeah. Inhumane work conditions exist everywhere. Mm-hmm. And these are the structures that people take advantage of so they can abuse their workers. Yes, exactly. Like, that was the next thing that I was going to say, which is I love that they didn't make it an offshore like institution in a different country i am so glad that they made the point to say no no this happens here too we just don't talk about it you know and so i really appreciated that level of i don't really know the word but i like that they didn't like offload it yeah. to be like this is another country's problem yeah you know and we it doesn't doing... happen here but we like it, yeah. it, it happens it's a tragedy but it doesn't happen here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that yeah. just feels very delusional like exactly as a stance so I, I do really enjoy that they didn't make it like, oh, well, we've got word that these, like, these people in America have, like, they own sweatshops overseas that are, like, terrible and inhumane. And- yeah, they're like, no, no, they own them and they're, like, they're here. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they know exactly what's happening. Like, they are... They're on the ground. They're on they the ground. It. They see yeah. it. Like, they're they, not... They there's can't... no plausible deniability here. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. One other thing that I want to, like, very briefly touch on, mm-hmm. I don't want to go into any, like, super amount of detail here, but I do want to mention that the whole concept of ODing on vitamins is entirely possible. And it sounds like maybe it's not. Like, it sounds like, oh, that's, like, a weird thing. But, no, you absolutely can OD on vitamins, You especially fat-soluble vitamins, so your A, D, E, and K. Like, because they are fat-soluble, they will, ret- like, remain in your fat stores that naturally occur in your body, and they can build up and reach toxic levels, and they can make you very, very unwell and in very serious cases can kill you. Now, I do want to say, I, I'm talking extreme cases here. You are talking extreme not just your daily cases. multivitamin. You're talking, like, having vitamin, like, the pills instead of actually eating a balanced diet. Mm. I'm talking about, like, I mean, we see in the episode, like, mm. she is chugging these vitamins. Like, you, you have to eat a lot of it. And it yeah. is over a sustained period of time because you will use them and the levels will deplete. Yeah. That's how it works. But... Like, it is actually possible. You can, like, if you eat too many carrots, you can OD. Like, it it sounds bizarre, but it is true. And so I I wanted to just touch on that because I thought it was really interesting. I'd never seen in any sort of media that I can think of off the top of my head, at least, any type of OD that wasn't directly uh, related to drugs and or alcohol. And I I thought it was really interesting that they were like, well, here is this, like, health, quote-unquote, supplement but is it actually entirely possible? Like, it sounds like a good thing. Like, oh, they're providing them vitamins. Not really. Like, <laughs> there are so many They're providing problems. them vitamins instead of food. So 
these women are taking all of these vitamins and vitamins and vitamins because otherwise they're essentially going to starve because they have vitamins or nothing. They're not... Well, the vitamins aren't giving them energy. No. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like, because you get your energy from the breakdown of carbohydrates primarily, then fats if you don't have carbs available, and then yeah. protein as a last resort. You're not breaking down... Like, the, the purpose yeah. of vitamins is not to have energy derived from them. Yeah. It is to help with your enzyme function primarily, or also if you've heard of, like, antioxidants. Like, they have very different functions, not for energy. Yeah. Anyway, this is not no. a nutrition podcast, but... <laughs> but no, it is... I think it's very fascinating that they do show that you can OD on vitamins. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, correct. And I do also want to say I really like that the final stance this episode takes is not all factories are evil and inherently wrong and immoral, And mm-hmm. but if they are... Like, if the workers are treated with dignity, mm-hmm. if they are given decent work hours, if they are given proper wages, proper, wages, proper meal breaks... Like, factories are fine. Factories are not the problem. The issue is how they are being taken advantage of by people who are only in it for the capitalism, the only for the money. Exactly. It's the same as people who are against a four-day work week. Mm. It's like, well, no, all of the studies that I'm aware of, again, bear in yeah. mind that I'm aware of, have shown that four-day work weeks result in better productivity, happier staff, less turnover, less sick time, like, all of these good things that we want. But people are so set in this idea of, no, no, we have to work ourselves to the bone. We have to do a five-day, nine-to-five work mm-hmm. week, you know. And it's like, well, that's not actually what the science tells us. Yeah. We should probably look at this a little closer. But, yeah, exactly. Like, giving people, like, affording people just basic fucking human decency, you know, does wonders. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd it's, have fucking thought? It's not the work that's bad. It's the conditions. Yeah, exactly. That they are forced to undertake the work in. Exactly. And then the more your staff are overworked, particularly yeah. in a factory setting, it is particularly dangerous because you're working with uh, machinery and, you know, there's a lot of risk of injury and things. But if you have people who are so overworked, they're absolutely exhausted, they're malnourished, they're not getting adequate breaks, they are going to make mistakes, people are going to get hurt. And also... If you're thinking about it from, like, a capital perspective, your product is not going to be as good. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter which way you look at it. It is just a bad thing to not be treating your workers fairly and with respect. Mm. Because that's the other thing. It comes down to fucking dignity. Like, these are people. They're not machines. They need fuck. Even even machines need to be fucking serviced. Mm. You know? Like, you have to be realistic about what is yeah. a person is capable of. And the narrative does not frame these people as, oh, they're lazy and they just don't want to work or anything like that. No. They are framed as Busting they just want asses. a better life for themselves and their family. Mm-hmm. And because they are getting supremely taken advantage of, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, what the pans are doing is they are targeting... People with limited English skills, people mm-hmm. who perhaps don't know what their rights are, people who are more vulnerable. In Pop- this people, they're they're choosing a vulnerable population, mm-hmm. moving them to a country where they don't have any support network, mm-hmm. and then taking advantage of them. Yeah, and that's how I mean. Obviously, leverage as a show, like the main characters are con artists. Yeah, that's the whole thing. But if we're taking a step out of like television land for a moment, and we're thinking about reality. There is a reason that the groups of people that are preyed on by scammers are preyed on. Like, there is a reason that older people tend to be the victims of cyber attacks and, like, Mm. bank, like, scams. Because they don't have, and this is a generalization, but people in, like, those older age brackets are less likely to 
fully comprehend how the technology works. They may not be able to recognize a scam email the same way that a younger person who has grown up with that technology and grown up with the knowledge of scam emails may be able to detect it. And even in saying that, some scams, like, they're very, very difficult to detect even if you do have that, you know, experience of having grown up with it and having, you know, the safe cyber talks in school or whatever. So the same kind of thought process applies. They're The people who are looking to take advantage of someone will look for a vulnerable person or a vulnerable group because it makes their life easier. Like, they're not going to try and scam someone who they think is going to catch on. You know, they're not going to waste their time on that. And even, like, beyond that, even legitimate businesses, Mm. sometimes they'll target who they're hiring. Yeah. Like, not to talk about Beth Jesus on the podcast, (laughs) but if you look at who the companies are hiring, they're hiring people who are low from low socioeconomic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have – they're not fluent in English. Maybe the, the, the sort of people who aren't going to be aware of what their workers' rights are, Yeah, the people who aren't going to complain when they have work because they are desperate to be able to survive. Yeah, the kind of people like, who can't afford to lose the job. Exactly. So it's like this is a system that, like, this happens all the time. And in it is every not... country, in every industry, yeah. in every capacity, like it is not singular to just the fashion industry. No. And it is certainly... They just chose the fashion industry because it is rampant. If you look at any fast fashion brand... Oh God, fast you fashion can, is a whole other issue. You can almost guarantee that no one who is producing the clothing for fast fashion is getting treated with basic human decency. Yeah. Like there might... I don't know, there might be some brands out there who are doing an absolutely fantastic job. Mm-hmm. But by and large, most fast fashion companies are not paying decent wages. They're not giving proper, like, hours and breaks and all of those sort of things. They're Yeah, and then, unfortunately, like, the thing with fast fashion is, like, with a lot of things like climate change, for example, the onus and the guilt and the responsibility of making that change in the industry is placed on the consumer. And so... But then what happens if you're a consumer who can't afford to pay more? Exactly. For a brand that is more environmentally sustainable, a brand that does have good resourcing and does pay a fair wage and does support their workers. And then you look at all of the brands who are more expensive but still don't. Yeah. Environmentally. Still not socially conscious. They're still not socially conscious. Okay, that's enough of being depressing about the world. Yeah, we need to... (laughs) We talked about it for 17 minutes. (laughs) And while we're talking about issues... Tara's issue with Nate. Thoughts. Okay. Okay. Here's my thing. I could go fucking back and forth on this chick. Yeah. Because I, like I said, it's been a few weeks. I did forget about her existence. Okay. She walked onto screen and I was like, who the fuck? And I'm like, oh, this. Anyway. Yeah. So she walked and I wasn't that happy. I was a bit like, mm, okay. And then Nate was very standoffish. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm kind of on Nate's side. And yeah. I was like, God, me six months ago would never have thought. Anyway. Oh, how the tables have tabled. Yeah, how the fucking tables have tabled. Anyway, so I'm not a Tara fan yet. However, she is growing on me. I did, I was like pissed up, uh, pissed off with her because I was like, she is going to like fuck this up for them because she doesn't understand like the way that they run. She is completely like treading all over Nate when he's like trying to close the deal and she is like opening them up up to a bigger risk and like all this stuff. And I was like, this chick needs to learn her fucking place. And then I was like... But also, 
I would I would argue that it's like not entirely her fault. No, because, because they doesn't, doesn't it communicate, communicate in anything but code and slogans. Yes, yes, exactly. And I did want to talk about this because I literally have a note that goes, "She's going to fuck this up for them because she doesn't understand how this type of con works." Right, and I stand by that. You know, it worked out well in the episode. Obviously, it always does. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was and like, like yes. "She's a liability right now," and I thought that Nate was. Fair enough, it's calling her a liability yeah. as well. But then my next note, my very next note is LMAO, okay, Tara and I may have some emotions in common. <laughs> because she's ranting to Sophie about how, like, he doesn't fucking communicate and how am I supposed to trust him? What, just because you say yeah. to trust him? You know? And it's, she's basically having the same argument with Sophie that Nate is having with Sophie, yeah. just sort of inverse. Yeah. And so I was like, okay... Okay, but then I thought she betrayed them. And yeah. I was like, you little shit. And I forgot about the 5-0 thing. Yeah. Because when she said, she was like, I was like, oh, this is going to be code for something. And, like, I I was just like, okay. And then I completely forgot. And then I was like, she's betraying them. And I was like, you little shit. And then I was like, oh, the fucking 5-0, that makes a lot more sense. And so I was really flip-flopping all over the joint when it came to Tara. I think at the end of the episode, by the end of the episode, I was like, okay. I, I'm interested to see where mm. this goes. I was like, given how much I hated Nate yeah. and how much I tolerate him now, I'm interested to see how much I will tolerate her within, I assume, a shorter period yeah. of time because obviously Sophie will come back. Oh, so she's way more likable than Nate. Oh, yes. Like, just straight immediately, <laughs> immediately way more likable than Nate. Oh, my God. Before we get off this, the conversation with Sophie and mm-hmm. Tara where Tara says... That, like, oh, like, the sexy and broken thing only goes so So far. far. And then Sophie's like, what do you mean sexy? I, look, I, you will, it's it's well established now my journey with the Sophie-Nate dynamic. I I do like it more than I thought I ever would. Mm -hmm. And particularly their discussion at the very end of the episode, like, that argument that they're having where she hangs up on him, like... I don't even know. Like, I didn't even actually take a note because I was just so, like, engrossed in it. Like, it was such a emotionally charged scene, you know? And I kind of like that she hung up on him in a way because I, I think it's a way of her setting a boundary. Yeah. But I'm also kind of like, you can't get mad at him for not communicating and then when he starts to communicate, you can't, you just hang yeah. up on him. So, like, and to be fair, he was yelling, which yeah. is not an effective, like, you should... And he's also not actually, he's just blaming her for all of his issues. Yeah. Which is, like... Well, yeah, I think that it needs to be one of those things where, like, he needs to f- fucking fix his shit, which is always the case. But I also think that hanging up on him directly is probably not the best tack to take but in saying that i do think she's entirely valid and justified in it it's probably the probably the better way to say it is it's not what i would have done but i also completely understand why she did do it and i don't disrespect the decision but no so like i i i love the tara nate dynamic and like this is really like the start of the tara nate dynamic because like we we meet tara last episode obviously yeah at the like at the very beginning of the episode but she's in character the entire episode. I would say we don't actually meet Tara until, like, the final scene. Yes. Yeah. So it's, like, this episode we start to see who Tara actually is. Mm-hmm. And, like, as you know, I love her. Um, I am a Tara stan. <laughs> I, I really enjoy Tara as a character and I really love, like, 
Because, like, she's replacing Sophie, obviously. Like, that yeah, is... She's like, the Sophie she's, stand-in. She's literally night. coming in to replace Sophie. Because Sophie is... On leave. Discovering who she is as a person. <laughs> uh-huh. So, like, we get tired. And I really love the fact that they didn't make her Sophie 2.0. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Arlo, for agreeing with my point. But no, so I love, like, she is distinctly different to Sophie. And I also love the way that she didn't just, like, effortlessly, effortlessly fold into the team. Mm-hmm. Like, she is, like, she is out here, like, the fuck you on about, bitch? Like, I am a professional. Mm-hmm. I am here to do my job. Like, Sophie said to trust you. Sophie said to work with you. Mm-hmm. I am doing this as a favor to her because I love my girl Sophie. Mm-hmm. But also... I also love that she's very proud that, like, she's like, you know, I'm in with Elliot, I'm in with Hardison, I even think Parker is warming up to me. And Sophie's like, Parker showed an emotion? She's (laughs) She's like, I'm not sure, I think it was a human emotion, but... Yeah, you know, and I I do love that that conversation with Sophie is the thing that made me trust Tara Mm. more than anything else. Because despite Sophie kind of proving that she's kind of untrustworthy... Yeah. As a whole, like, the point of her stepping away is for her to deal with that and the reasons why she is untrustworthy. And so the fact that she and Tara have this quite obviously candid relationship and are genuinely speaking makes me trust her way more than, like, anything else that they could have done. Like, even if they had done this exact same episode, the exact same plot, like, she double, triple crosses whoever, however – and they didn't have that discussion with Sophie, I would still come out of the episode being like, mm, I don't know. But because they included that, I'm and like, And also okay. because we can see that it is actually Sophie. Mm-hmm. Like, Sophie talks to the team, she talks to Nate, and she talks to Tara. She talks to all, like, those three separately. Yeah. And she says the same thing for all of them. Yeah. Which is, I know it's not ideal. You need a grifter. Last time one of you grifted, someone got kidnapped by Russians. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hardison. Yeah. Like, and she says the same thing. She's like, I can't leave them. Like, leaving them without a grifter is leaving them vulnerable. And I can't do that. As yeah. much as I can't be there for them right now, I can't leave them vulnerable. Yeah. So she's called in a favor from, like, a friend, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and we get the confirmation in this episode that, like, yeah, Tara is... Sophie's friend. She is who she says she is. Like, she is who she says she is. She is a referral from Sophie. Sophie says the same thing to all of them, Mm -hmm. which is, if you trust me, you You should trust trust my judgment that she is also trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a huge 180 change of topic. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about that before I veer us in a completely new direction? Veer us in a completely new direction. Oh my god. Okay, so it was just because we were talking about Sophie talking to the team. Yeah. Sophie is talking to... You just smiled real big, so I think you maybe know where I'm going. I think I might know. So Sophie is talking to Hardison, Elliot, and Parker. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. You should trust her because I trust her. I sent her. I wouldn't set you guys up. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Anyway, Hardison and Elliot are like, she's pretty hot. And then Parker is like, she is hot. And they all look at her. And I was like, queer Parker. I was like, queer Parker. Like, I don't know if it's like bi or pan or what or however, but queer Parker... See, I I'm take that it. as a uh, autistic and ace. Oh, okay. Like Love that. not Expand understanding that. the like concepts of what they're actually saying mm-hmm. and just sort of like agreeing with the crowd because like yeah. she and she's like, I- yeah, exactly. I think any and all of those interpretations one hundred percent valid. I'm living for it. I was like queer Parker in whatever capacity. Yeah. Obsessed with that. Uh huh. Obsessed with that. Yeah. 
Loved yeah. it. And it was overt, too. Uh-huh. Like, not only did she make the comment, but then everyone, like, looked... At, like, they drew attention to the yeah. comment. And I was like, oh, yes, this is chef's kiss. This is that shit I love to see. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yes, I was very excited. I wrote Queer Parker in all caps. Queer Parker! Oh. Always. And I did have another note about that scene. Yeah. This is this is less so. But you know how I have that theory about Nate and his stupid hats? Yeah. Sophie also wore hats in this episode. Whenever she's she's wearing the silly little beret mm-hmm. and she was wearing the like head wrap. And then yeah. I can't remember in maybe the discussion at the very end when she was talking to Nate. Mm. I don't remember if I she don't had think, a I hat. think that's the only one of the three video which is the only one she's not wearing a hat in. Which I don't know where I don't really know what dots I'm connecting, but I feel like I'm connecting them. You know, like Nate's not really wearing any hats this season. He's kind of dropped his hats. He's not acting so much anymore. He's just got bad hair in every bad episode. Hair. Yes, but the key is it's his bad hair. Yeah, you know, like we're seeing underneath the. He had the stupid little fucking glasses. This oh god, episode. the fucking glasses kills me dead. I was like, you think you're Elton John? You're really not. Anyway, so. The, the the hats, the problem is the hats were a facade. Yeah. Right? The hats were him acting. And so you remove the hat and you're left with his, like, bad hair. But the bad hair is him. So at least he's being truthful about his, himself yeah, and the way he's we've, presenting. We've known he has bad hair since the flashback. Exactly. Exactly. And so he's showing his true self and his, you know, true identity. Now Sophie is supposedly on some fucking adventure to figure out who she mm-hmm. is underneath it all. Now she's wearing hats. But she is only wearing hats, as you say, when she's talking to Tara and when she's talking to the team. But she is not when she's talking to Nate. So now I'm like, who in the costume department is driving me crazy? Okay, time for our daily, like, amen to Nadine haters, the fucking costume <laughs> designer of the series. Nadine! Because she is with I have so many questions. And look, while we're talking about Nadine haters and the costume design and like whether the hats are or are not symbolic of playing a character or fitting a role or Or being dishonest in some way, Mm -hmm. let's talk about the costume design in this episode for a hot minute. Done. The fucking buckles. Pilgrim chic. (laughs) That's the 2023 summer look. I... I, I hate to say it, but I kind of don't hate some of the designs. Oh, really? Like, I understand that the <laughs> idea is that they're kind of ridiculous, but, like, I don't hate it. <laughs> I kind of hate like, it. Like, <laughs> I, I think I think you could certainly take that concept and make it work. Like, oh, yeah, I'm sure like, not the as bones is. are there, but she's fleshed it out kind of wrong, yeah. I think, is the problem. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with a good buckle. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with a pilgrim chic. <laughs> it's just not in that capacity. But Parker's dress on the runway. Oh, yes. Flawless. Is it Andre V? Andre V? Yeah. 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 I'm assuming that's a fake designer they made I have to assume. They're not going to steal Vera Wang's designs. Yeah. I think it would be really funny if they'd managed to get, like, a cameo by, like, some sort of fashion (laughs) designer. But, they like, Andre V is completely fictional. Mm -hmm. Though, that man is doing the most. He is trying his fucking hardest. Yeah. Um, But, no, so I love her dress. The fucking red shirt scarf moment that Elliot's in. No, okay, because he looked like he was cosplaying as a modern vampire. He looked like he had walked off the set of What We Do in the Shadows, and I... Oh my god, he looked so like funny, right? Right. I was looking at him, and I was like, why do I know this look? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you look like you just walked off of one of Taika Waititi's sets. Like, you really do. Yeah, no, he looks hilarious. 
and it's incredible and the eyeliner and everything. I love when he gets pissy and he takes his hair out of the ponytail. I think that's very fun. And also, speaking of hair, Parker's hairdo mm-hmm. with the braids. Uh-huh. I yep. love it so much. She looks gorgeous. It's such it's a cute look. A- Five. Oh, also, like, late in the episode, she's wearing, like, a tank top that's got, it's, like, sheer, and it's got, like, a little bit of a floral mm. pattern, and you can only just see it, because she's wearing yeah. it, like, layered. It's cute. Yeah. I kind of want to see what the whole top looks like. Also, Parker's pool cleaner look. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, right? Bizarre. The, I, it but looked amazing. L- amazing. I'm like, how do you make that look good? How how does she look good and everything? Like I what, don't know. What witchcraft is I this? And I like understand that like one of the points of this like episode was like Parker could be a model if she wanted to. Yeah. Like right. Literally. I mean like we know we like this is established like yeah. Beth I guess who plays Parker is fucking gorgeous. Like yeah. yeah, exactly. I think it was only in like maybe the first or second episode, and I was like, damn, you know, dang. She would have been your bio awakening if you hadn't had it. Like, if a I had it already, ago. yeah, exactly. If I hadn't already seen that one scene in Mamma Mia, (laughs) everyone knows which scene I'm talking about, I'm sure. Um, And then while we're talking about costuming, we get on to Nate's costume in this episode. Oh my god, the little tiny glasses. And the fucking, like, little pocket watch and the the necklace. Just absolutely fucking hilarious. I loved his earring, actually. For some reason, Mm. I really focused on his earring. I was hyper aware of it in every single scene. I don't know why. I felt like a magpie. Like, I was like, ooh, shiny, you know? I look I really love this episode because it really a lot of shows like this and they're like oh well it's a man who's meant to be fashionable they'll put him in like a nice suit or something which like it works like we saw that in the juror number six job Mm -hmm. when Aldous Hodge walked into the courtroom in that Mm, suit we know but like I love that this episode they're like oh no we're we're gonna go for some like traditionally less masculine some more like uh-huh. androgynous styles and like mind you this is like 2009 mm-hmm. like this is not like harry styles is wearing a dress on the cover of vogue era yeah. like to be fair though like we're, that's quite a modern example but yeah. like this is why i said earlier like you're not elton john yeah. because like performers elton like john, elton john billy porter billy porter fucking icon love him also like people like freddie mercury like oh yeah. um david bowie like yeah. um all of these like people this isn't like a new concept. It's just it's being portrayed in a different way. Yeah. Because Nate is not like a singer songwriter performer. Yeah. He's yeah. Um, I think my favorite part of Nate's entire getup, though. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I need you to be aware the glasses did destroy me. I laughed a lot because literally I was like, oh my god, I love when Elliot wears glasses, and then it was like Nate's glasses. However, <laughs> the stupidest. They look like they're almost, so like, tiny. Like 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 if he. Like Harry Potter glasses, like you know, like I genuinely like, but like the twelve, like like if you took the glasses that Daniel Radcliffe wore at twelve, yeah, and then like shoved them on a grown man. I genuinely think that those glasses must make it harder to see. Like they're tiny little balls of pink right in your fucking visual. I I think it would be distracting unless your brain like did that thing where it just like learned to disregard it, kind of like your nose. But like anyway, it's very funny. But my favourite accessory of Nate's, as much as I focused on the earring, as much as the glasses made me laugh my ass off, the fan. Oh the my fan, god, it's yes, so I love expressive. The fan. Yeah. It really made me think of is it is it in the Princess Diaries? Yeah. Where she's learning to like the talk fan with the fan. Yeah. yeah, I it really I love really the fingerless like the lace fingerless gloves as well. Mm-hmm. But I do wanna say, Hardison is roasting the hell out of 
like Elliot, Elliot for what he's wearing while wearing the brightest fucking fluoro orange it shirt. Looks like a traffic cop. And like the like, I did love the scarf though. The scarf orange like it, mm-hmm. it he cannot judge Elliot for wearing a scarf when he is wearing that. Yeah. Like look, it was very fun, very fun scene. To be fair, Hardison's look while fluoro orange was somehow less in your face than Elliot's. So, like, Hardison looked like a traffic violation. I think it's because that's what Hardison wears the entire time. Like, that's just what Hardison wears. Yes. And he's not, I mean, if we think back to, like, the wedding job, like, this is not the first time we have seen him very brightly, fluorescently Mm -hmm. dressed. But that is a man who is not afraid of colour. Exactly. Now, he may look like a traffic cone, but he doesn't look like a cosplaying vampire. True. So, I do think of the two of them, Elliot would stand out more. Yeah. He looks like <laughs> a traffic cone, but he looks like a traffic cone that's also a snack. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> but no, and you do get the line from Elliot, which is, this is fashion E. Like, oh, honey baby, sweetie, is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of Elliot and, like, decisions that he was making in this episode... Him, like, flirting with the people at the fashion show. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, they're making it a thing. Sure. Uh, The thing that confused me about it, though, was when he was talking to that, like, one lady and he's, like, getting all up in her space. Like, she's clearly into it, so it's, like, Mm -hmm. fine, whatever. But they're, like, basically on the verge of, like, fully making out, right? And I'm like, first of all, she's at work and you're in a very public, like, place. Like, what are you doing? But second of all... He's talking to Nate on the comms. I'm like, who does this chick think he is talking to? Like, he, because everyone, all of like the assistants and that all have headsets. Yeah, but so he's not wearing a yeah. headset. He only has the tiny little in-ear comm, yeah. which is very different. And I'm like, I, the conversation that they're having is like not one that's like, oh, hey, can you like fill up the water in whatever room? Or hey, like security breach kind of thing. I was like, what? This woman is just like, it's like she's been hypnotized. She's just so unaware of what he's doing when he's not 100% focused on her. I was like, damn, un- unrealistic. I would be so confused. I would be like, who are you talking to? You look like a crazy person. You're just talking into thin air. And we were about to make out. So I'm real mad about apparently thin air is very distracting to you right now. Like, come on. I'm right here. Well, while you're confused, I'm just going to slip something in (laughs) for all the people who have seen the rest of the show and know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to point it out because I think it's important and I'm not going to tell you why. Okay. We get the first mention of Interpol. And for all of my people listening at home, that is important. And we know why that is important. Which for is important. Okay, yeah. I mean, I... I, You will know by soon enough. Like, it's not... It's not like a season five arc. I'm... Mm -hmm. I'm But I'm just pointing out that they mention Interval. And I think that is fascinating because I don't think I've noticed it before. No, I think this is definitely the first time we've... Mm. At least it's been important to the plot. They may have, like, mentioned, like, oh, they're wanted by Interpol, like, offhandedly maybe about, like, a previous mark. But I don't think that, at least not to my memory, I don't think that they've specifically called it out this much before. No, that's okay. And they certainly haven't used a badge for it before. But no. So I'm just, I'm just peppering that in because I I noticed it and I wanted, I I just wanted to make a note, you know? Okay. Oh, I do want to shout out quickly about a fun quote Mm -hmm. that I enjoyed. Uh, It's a fashion show, not Thieves Are Us. I did, I did think that was very fun. I did enjoy that very much. I just love that, like, Parker's list of requirements is, like, it has to have movement. Mm-hmm. It can't set off any motion detectors. Uh-huh, She's can't like, be restricting. Can't be no restricting. range of motion. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah. Like, when you think about it, like, 
And like it all, so if you look at all of Parker's costumes up to this point, it's very rare that we see her in something that she couldn't move in. Yes, no, it's it's very practical. All of the choices are very practical, and I really enjoy that because it makes so much sense for the character. And like there are notable exceptions, but the key is they are notable exceptions. Mm-hmm. Like in the Joe Number Six job when she's playing Alice White. Yeah. And also in the season one finale where she puts on the mini dress to sneak yes. into the party. Yes. And I would also argue, uh, I forget which episode, the Iceman, the Ice Job? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's playing the Roper. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. In which the Iceman Job. Which where is, again... Addison gets kidnapped. Yes, exactly. Which, again, is, like, different because it's, like, specific to the role that she's having to yeah. perform. Yes. Which I ca- I guess you could argue in that case, like, it is... She's dressing for practicality in that in that as well yeah. because she's dressing for the role. Mm. So it is practical for her in that moment to be dressed that way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of Parker, I want to quickly mention that I think when they were making... First of all, pa- Parker, the photographer, is literally hilarious. Yeah. I love that she just gave up on trying to direct <laughs> Tara and just went in there and fully manhandled her into position. Uh, poor Tara. It looked very unsettled, but love it for Parker. So... When she is dressed as the pool maintenance person, yeah, she breaks into the house, and I was wondering how they were going to do. Like, I was understood that they were like doing the magazine cover, yeah, but I wasn't sure how they were going to. Like, I assumed they would just like deliver it to the house yeah. or whatever. And then I was like, oh, it might be weird because, like, you know, it'll look different to like a magazine that they were expecting or like whatever. Yeah, but then. The concept of breaking into the house and actually hiding it within the magazines that she had already collected and put on the table, I was like, that's genius. Yeah. Because if if someone did that to me, I would be like, oh, that's weird. I must have just missed that. Yeah. Or I must have forgot about that one. Like, or just like misremembered what the cover was. Yeah. But if someone handed it to me and I was like, oh, that's a bit weird, I, yeah. like, I would think about it more. Yeah. You know, so I thought that hiding it in amongst the existing pile of... Ma- like, I just thought it was a really interesting touch. Because they absolutely could have just had it delivered to the door. Yeah. They could have just dropped it in with the pile, yeah. you know, wherever. But the fact that they actually put it in the house, I thought it was just that extra level mm. of coercion. And I thought it was really uh, an interesting choice. Also, Parker in the pool get-up is like a look. Yes, exactly. And I was very glad that I got to see that, just generally. Okie dokies. I do want to talk about Parker a bit. Mm-hmm. Specifically, Parker's uh, line: uh, "What sort of math would reindeer even use?" Oh my god, yes! Parker being caught up in reindeer logistics was so relatable, given our tangents on these podcasts that we have. I feel like I don't know a lot about cast, but I feel like it's also cast coded. Yes, it it is. It, You're like, very. Correct. I feel like that is a line that cast could say, and it would make sense. You mm-hmm. like Dean would go. Oh, I'm not allowed to join in any reindeer games. The cats would be like, "How would reindeer even yes. like? Would you they use so correct. their hooves in the snow to make?" You are so correct, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> You've just given me so much serotonin. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm not wrong though, like because you're like no, you you're keep right. on saying that like cats is Parker coded, and like for a behind the scenes look, we've just uh, watched uh, four fifteen. We're about to, to record that episode. To record that episode. And we get a bit more of Cass in that one. And I can absolutely see yes. how, like, I'm starting to see, like, the Parker coding of Cass. Yes. Like, I am starting to see how they are the same person. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so glad to hear the words coming out of your mouth right now. <laughs> like, it, it is not really relevant for me. For, maybe I'll have to say it on the other podcast as well. But, like, like for anyone I, I who used, has seen both. <laughs> are you starting to see why I'm, like, 
like in oh, love yeah. with Parker. Like, I've, are you starting I to have like... understood why you've been in love with Parker since the pilot? Yeah, and I think I even said to you, I see why she's your favorite in that episode. But I have been dying for you to see Cass in that light yeah. because that's why I was like, you're gonna love Cass. Yeah, because he's they're so similar. You, yeah. Yes, you absolutely could interchange yeah. those lines. Like flawless. you just swap out like mm-hmm. Tara for Dean, and you put yeah. And, like, those scenes play out identically. Yes. Yes, 100%. And I'm getting the feeling that the Supernatural Leverage fandoms are kind of like a Venn diagram that's a circle. Not not quite. It's like the Supernatural fandom is a massive circle and the Leverage fandom is a smaller circle within that massive circle. But it's mostly inside that circle. I'm sure there's a subset of people. I I used to be in the sliver. Yeah. (laughs) Of, like, people who have watched Leverage and people who have watched Supernatural. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So... Hopefully, this portion has made sense to most people listening. If it is confusing you because you haven't watched Supernatural, look, I would love to say that you should probably watch it. Um, However, I don't think I can in good conscience recommend it. Jamie has told me off many a time for recommending it. So, But also, we do have a podcast about it. So, like... And if you'd like to listen... Join me in some suffering. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Yes, you're absolutely correct. Absolutely interchangeable lines and the reindeer logistics loved it. I love that she got so caught up on it that it tra- traveled across like scenes, scenes and like, clearly time has passed and she's still thinking and about it. It's not just like, like she, she was like, oh, they like, they just use their hooves in the snow. And like, yeah, that's, that's a great conclusion to come but then, to. Like, but then she goes further yeah. about what <laughs> math do they use? Yeah, exactly. Which... I do want to talk a little bit more about Parker because Parker is my blue boy and yes. I love her so much. Yes. I want to talk about Parker's tiny little, like, they've just finished the video call with Sophie. Mm-hmm. And Sophie's, like, kind of half frozen on screen as she goes to hit the button to end her. And Parker has this tiny little, I just miss you. Yeah. And I know. It's so sad. And especially coming from Parker. Especially coming from Parker. Like, it would be... It would be so different if any of the others had said it. Because if Nate had said it, it would have, like, the romance undertones. If Elliot or Hardison had said it, it would be sad, but just... Because they're, like, upfront with their feelings. But for a character like Parker, who does not know how to identify or manage her emotions and her feelings, for Parker to be the one to say it... Mm -hmm. Like, for her to have actually like gone through the process of experiencing the emotion and actually thinking about it and reflecting on it and processing it enough to be able to identify this is what I am feeling and this is why I'm feeling it not just I am having a sad emotion but I know why like I understand the cause of the sad emotion it's just oh it is very sad I, I, I am glad though for her that she is able to vocalize it you know that's important um I hope that it's difficult to tell at the moment because obviously Sophie is still, you know, away from the team. I hope that when she comes back, it is abundantly clear to her or I hope it is made clear to her exactly how much she was missed. Like I really, you're covering your face right now, which means that either I've hit the nail on the head or I'm going to be disappointed. One of the two. Um. (laughs) No comment. Okay. So I just, I really hope that they do, like I hope that she fully understands the loss that they feel from her not being there, you know? I know I said no comment, but I will make a tiny little <laughs> comment, which is... I know I said no comment, but, like, maybe just one comment. 
It's not for you, though. Okay. It's for the listeners. That's fair, then. I would just like to say to anyone listening um, who can't see the look on my face, if you want to know what I'm feeling, just think about uh, the inside job. Just that entire episode and just, like, that is my current emotional state right now. You're right. That meant nothing to me. Perfect. That's I what hope I that meant something to someone else. You will watch the inside job and you'll be like, oh, this is why Jamie was like that episode specifically. Am I allowed to know when the inside job falls within the first five seasons? Season three. Oh, okay. So it's still a while away. Yeah, it's like mid-season three. Oh, I guess we're nearly at the end of season yeah. two. So that would make... Okay, cool, cool. So yeah, the inside job specifically for me is like what I'm relating what you've just said to. I'm obviously not going to tell you how it relates. Yeah. But... Yes, so I do, I I think it's very heartbreaking that Parker specifically is the one to tell Sophie that she misses her. Yeah. Like, and we know that Sophie hears it because the video switches off after she's said it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also the fact that we know that Parker wasn't intending to say it while she still thought Sophie was there. No, it's very, it's very sweet. It's very sad. Um, I I don't want to do another 180. Okay, let's do a 180. But let's back that shit up, Chaka Yui. <laughs> Something about talking about the Parker elements of this episode. When the house blew up, I was like, oh, Parker coded. <laughs> I had like no other thoughts about the house blowing up. I was like, oh. <laughs> End of thought. End of thought. Brain like, empty. They really did that in the pilot, and then they were, they were like, look, it's not a spoiler. We get no other information about that on screen. Are you fucking serious? Dude, okay. Because like, I we, we get information thing. we get information no, about Parker's no, childhood. No, but we no, don't get any I, more specific I, to the house blowing I, up information. I, that makes me so angry because I have this whole theory and I think it's pretty well fucking supported and like which is that each season is gonna be about each character and blah yep. blah blah. And I was so excited to get to whatever fucking season is focused on Parker to learn what the fuck was up with their house exploding and now you're telling me that we never I am incensed. We get a lot of other answers <laughs> the season about Parker. I don't, I don't care about the other answers. I want this answer. I'm really sorry. We got so many other answers. Oh, um, I am. And they are so close that some of the other answers for you are so close. But like, yeah, no, but I don't think we ever get any actual additional information. Okay. I, about that one specific scene. I am going to need a fan fiction and I'm going to need it stat, but I can't have that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to eat a Pringle. I'm going to have some water and I'm going to calm down. Okay. And then we're going to move on. So just allow me that. <laughs> Moving yeah. from Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to very quickly talk about Nate mm-hmm. and Tara. We've already kind of talked about yeah. them, but I do have a couple points. There is for a Ryan. lot to talk about in this episode, and most of it is Nate and Tara, because that dynamic is sort of the focus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, at the very beginning of the episode, when they're talking with the victim um, in the bar, in the bar yeah. scene, and Tara like shows up just after they've left. The drinks only arrive after the people that they were meeting left. And then they don't even drink them. Tara has like two sips and then they are both have both left and they leave all of the pills on the table. Like I, I don't understand the pills being left <laughs> on the table. Maybe but like I do know why the drink showed up after is cause like 
they're not a drink for Nate and Tara. They're a drink for Nate and Sophie. Oh yeah, I knew that. So the bar staff saw Nate in the meeting with the client, and well, they they like they always get him and Sophie always get the same drinks, and so they bought the drinks for him and Sophie. And of course, mm. Sophie's not there. I just thought it was odd that they brought them after the meeting. Like I would have thought that they would have brought them earlier because I have to assume that they were sitting there for a while longer than mm. like the audience is shown. Um, but I understood that it was Sophie's drink because I recognized it from the last time this happened where yeah. the drink was there and Sophie wasn't. Um, but yeah, and then they just like left all those pills on the table. And I was like, if I was the wait staff and I went over to clean up two barely drunk drinks, which I would be like annoyed about to start because like mm. food waste and blah, blah, blah. But, and then just see all of these pills. Out of context, bathroom cocaine. Literally, I would be so confused. <laughs> And then I do think it's very interesting that even from, like, the very beginning, Nate is very much like, you are not Sophie. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sophie used to be in on client meetings with me, which, can we talk about the 180 from, like, the first season where Nate was like, I do the client meetings, I choose our clients, da 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 Yeah. To, like, now be sort of, like, in season two, like, it is established that client meetings are something that Nate and Sophie do together. Yeah. And just, like, that... That change is... That shift is really important mm. in his... It's it's that thing, like, we've talked a lot about Nate and Sophie and the dynamic of control. And both of them are very controlling characters. And it makes a lot of sense for them to be that way. And I don't actually think it's an... It's not necessarily a flaw. I think that it can be a flaw. But mm. I don't think it's entirely a flaw. They need to have an element of control to do the job that they do. Yeah. But I think it is interesting that Nate allowed Sophie in on that aspect of control. And it makes entirely makes sense that he is not willing to relinquish that element of control to just anyone. Mm. And I do think Tara makes a good point where she's like, you haven't done anything to earn my trust either. But in saying that, like she is the one outsider joining a group. And so I, I do kind of think that it is more about her earning not only her trust, but also her position there. Like, you have to be relatively qualified to be a part of this group. And they don't know anything other than Sophie recommended her. Yeah. And it's also the difference between the four of them need to learn to trust one person. Yeah, she, exactly. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, like, she's having to learn to trust all four of them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Yeah. So there are very different dynamics yeah. at play. There's lots of different facets to take into And account. I do love that they didn't just make it automatically, like oh, well, she's just the new Sophie now. She's, like, the exact same character. They all immediately trust her. Everything's sunshine and rainbows. Like, yeah. no, she is not Sophie. She is getting shitty because, like, Nate refuses to actually elaborate on the plan. Yeah. He'll, like, he'll say things and then he'll just walk, walk away. away. And she's, like, the fuck is happening here? And, like, mm-hmm. she is, like, trying for Sophie. And we get the line this episode from Sophie of, you owe me. Mm, yes, I wanted to ask about this. Because it does make me wonder if they're friend friends. Like, they seem like they're friends, but I I do wonder if it's like, is this a, like, I saved your ass and you owe me kind of deal? Or is this like a, you lost a bet and you owe me kind of deal? Or is this a, like, you know, I am intrigued to sort of know what their background relationship Mm. is and, like, actually what dynamic is at play there you know because mm. mm. clearly they have a history yeah and clearly it's not always been sunshine and rainbows if sophie's saying you owe me yeah so i am intrigued i'm mm. intrigued i don't really have any formed thoughts on it though yeah 
If I did, I would let you know about it. Maybe yeah. I'll have more next week. Who knows? Who knows? We do get more of Tara next week, as is mm-hmm. probably obvious. Yeah, I wasn't expecting Sophie to be back. Yeah. If she's been gone for this long, she'll be gone for a little bit longer. Like, yeah. Okay. Um. Well, more if they're putting this much effort into developing Tara. Yeah. I didn't think that she was going to be like a one and done type of character. Also, we do get more development for Tara again this episode. We learn that she knows how to handle herself in a fight. Yes, she hits someone in the head with an iron and I love that for her. Elliot's like, get behind me. Like, mm-hmm. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. And she's like, she's like, I don't need you to protect me essentially. And she mm-hmm. takes care of herself. Like, any thoughts on that? I loved it, but I didn't really have any thoughts on it particularly. I just thought it was interesting that if I was going to have a thought on it, my thought would be that I appreciate that she has multiple skills. She's Mm. clearly very well rehearsed in because the thing, the one thing about the leverage crew is that they're all highly specialized in like one area and they can do the other stuff, but like, like we saw last episode, when they try to, it generally doesn't go that well. Like with Hardison. It wasn't last episode. It was the episode before. But oh, yeah, you know like I mean? it's sort of like they don't normally stray too far from the specializations because there is a reason that they have those specializations. Like, and if it had been Hardison or Parker or Nate with Elliot there, it would have been on Elliot. I would mm. say Parker probably could hold her yeah. own better than Hardison or Nate, but still nowhere near to the level of Elliot and not to the level of Tara either. Yeah. So I do think it's interesting that she seems like a multi-skilled professional rather than having just like one area of specific expertise. I would say like for me, like obviously we don't actually get any confirmation of this. Otherwise I couldn't tell you what my thoughts are. Mm. But for me, from like watching this episode, I get the sense that Tara is more likely to work alone Mm. and is more likely to work in more dangerous situations than Sophie is. Well, like, see, this is the thing, because prior to the the Leverage crew being the Leverage crew, wasn't the whole thing that all of them worked in no. alone? Almost all of them. Oh. Elliot, Parker, and Hardison all are specifically said that they work alone. Which we do find out information that contradicts that a little bit, but it would make sense why the characters wouldn't know that at the time. Yeah. But, like, Sophie is picked by Nate after mm-hmm. after the rest of the team is assembled. So Dubinich only says to Nate that those three, they always work alone. Yeah. And, like, that, it makes sense why Nate would think they always work alone. But already at this point, we've already gotten confirmation that Sophie has worked on other crews before. Right. Because of 207, the two-life crew job, mm-hmm. we get confirmation that she had worked with Stark. Yeah. So, like... We, we sort of, like, I get the sense that Tara is someone who works alone more often than Sophie does. Okay. And that's not to say that Sophie never works alone or that Sophie is only ever working as part of the crew. But, like, just the way, like, Tara handles herself, and we do get more information about Tara's backstory, which also ties into this. Yeah. Um, Which we, we get a little bit of extra context as well. She recognises, like, the the business number prefix for the, the phone number or whatever, and, like... Mm-hmm. She, she she has that sort of knowledge as well behind, like, so we get a whole lot of, like, little tiny context clues in this episode about Tara, and for me, the way I look at it is, like, especially, like, the being able to hold her own in the in a fight. Yeah. She is... She has to be more self-sufficient. She's more self-sufficient than, like, Sophie is. Yeah. Like, she's a different type of grifter to Sophie. Yeah. 
And I think that's really interesting. I think it's a really interesting choice. Um, and I think it also, like, speaks to how she views the characters that she plays as inherently different to how Sophie views the characters that she plays. Yeah. But it also makes sense as to why she is so unaccustomed to working in a team environment. Yes. And why she is so hesitant yeah. to actually relinquish that control and, like, you know... Like, and to trust Nate and to yeah. not be like, I know better kind of mm. thing. Yeah. Because she's been doing everything by yeah. herself yeah. for... She's used to calling all yeah. of her own shots. She's not used to having to go by anyone else's standards or anyone else's game plan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and on this, one thing that did frustrate me was when she took out her comms. When um, she was talking to Elliot and they mm. were, like, walking and she was saying something about, like, oh, my God, does he always talk this way? And Elliot's like, you know, he can hear you like you're wearing yeah. it. And she, like, takes it out and, like, gives it to Elliot or something. Yeah. And I was like, see... I get it mm. because, like, you're frustrated or whatever, but, like, also it is actually integral to everyone's safety and to the, like, success of the con that you keep that in. Mm. Like, it's actually a safety concern that you keep that in. It's not just about you either. It's about everyone else. And so I was like, I understand, like, being frustrated and not being used to him being able to hear everything, but, like, also mm. it, it just kind of suck it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like, it is one of those little things that Nate makes Nate go, yeah, no, I can't trust you in the field. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just one of, like, the many little things that makes him go, no, I'm p pulling the pin on this. You are a liability. Yeah. I cannot rely on you to follow my lead. Yeah. Because, like... If she's just going to take out the comms and then... What if she took out the comms and then got kidnapped? Like, mm. you know, how are they going to know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. Oh, one just, like, little fun thing uh, that I really liked is when Nate walks uh, in and they're like, they've got all the guns and stuff. And he goes, hello, guns. And I just thought it was very fun. I thought it was very funny. I thought the delivery was quite good. Uh, nothing else to say about it. I just liked it. Oh, well, we're talking about lines that we like. I love um this crass little capitalist is Jack Bouvier, my sponsor. Like Yeah, yeah. It's very fun. What a line. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you get the whole conversation about how they were, ooh, 40 when they released their first pair of jeans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I also... Which is playing a stereotype like it's not... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I also liked the line, what that boy could do with a buckle, because, like, I understand the point of the line, but also I was like, dang, if you said that out of context, I don't know, that could be, that could be interpreted. Especially considering <laughs> it comes right off the back of, no, it was hookers in the hotel. Yeah, literally. Like... <laughs> We also get the line from Elliot of, like, Sophie's going on and on and on about how Nate would know a good thing if it hit him in the face and he, even if he did, he wouldn't do anything about it. And Elliot's like, oh, you mean, like, you'd, he'd let it walk all the way off to Europe? Yeah, literally. I also like the bit of silence after that line. Everybody knows. <laughs> He's roasting them. I do want to ask your opinion on a scene because the first couple of times I watched the scene, I think I missed the point of the scene. So I want to know if you understood it. First time round, or okay. if I'm going to have to, like, tell you my thoughts on the scene now okay. that I've watched it a couple of times. The scene where Parker's on the runway and she falls off. Yes. How did you read that scene? I read it as... So at the very start of the scene, obviously, like, she just doesn't want to go on the stage. Yeah. Like, she's like... Ugh. She's just sneaking in. She's undercover. She's wearing mm -hmm. what she needs to wear to get in and out. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously that goes to shit because mm -hmm. she's forced out onto the, onto the stage. And the makeover is beautiful. Her hair... Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Love. Although I did really love the braids. The braids were so cute. Mm. So anyway, so she goes out on the runway. She's walking the, the runway and then obviously she falls. I think 
obviously she was supposed to just get stuff off the laptop onto the USB and then just get back out of there. Yeah. Right? She wasn't supposed to go on the runway. Because she was forced out onto the runway, I think she took advantage of the situation to create a diversion. I think she fell purposefully. Thank God. The first couple of times I saw her, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird that Parker would just fall randomly. Like, she is mm. no, so I think, fucking graceful. Yeah. And then I watched it again. I'm like, oh, no, like, she does that purposefully. And that's why she does the little, like, neck crack thing. Because yeah. she's fine. Like, she yeah. fell so that there was a distraction on the runway so everyone would be distracted so Elliot could, could get in thing. and grab yeah. the USB. Yeah, and I can't Thank remember. God. She says something when she's on the ground. She says all clear, I think. All clear. It's something along those lines. Yeah, which like, I was like, oh, she's saying all the attention's on me because he's hidden. Like, yeah. he can't see anything or hear anything, yeah. really. She's like, it's all clear. Everyone should be looking at me. Now you can get... The thing. Yeah. Like, I have to assume that that was the... Okay, lovely. Because that is the conclusion I'm currently at. Mm-hmm. The first time I watched it, I thought she just fell. And then I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, Parker yeah. Parker does not just fall. No. No. And I I think she did it on purpose. Yeah. That was, that was my... Like, when she first fell, I was like, oh, that's weird. And then by the time she was on the ground and, like, she said all clear and she cried, I was like, oh... No, no, no. She did that on purpose. Okay. Like, that's 100% a, to draw a diversion. Yeah. yeah. Okay, lovely. Good. I was like... I can't believe I just got a good grade in, in leverage analysis. I Yeah, the first couple of times. I didn't I didn't know. I, I just... I assumed she just normally fell. And then I was like... I watched her again. I'm like, oh, no, like, that was purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, think that she wanted to be on the runway at all. Yeah. But once she was out there, I think she was like, well... If she'd managed to get I in and out without being on the advantage. runway. Like, that wasn't the plan. But it was like, yeah. oh, no, now, like, I'm out here. I can't do that because now everyone's watching me. Yeah. Especially it's, after the little weird, like, runny, like... Yeah, exactly. Where he has to, like, Everyone's chase her into the stage. really paying attention yeah. now. Also, I did love... I did love Andre V hitting his head against the pole in, like, <laughs> misery. I also love, like, Parker's, like, hair flip of, like... Yeah, do you know what? When she did that, I was like, wow, that really reminded me of you. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. I really was like, damn, that's... <laughs> Oh dear. I also want to talk about, again, we're going back to the scenes with Sophie. Because, like, Mm -hmm. the scenes with Sophie, they just, like, they're emotionally resonant. They hit in this episode. Sophie has a moment where she goes, you do trust me, don't you? Yeah. And Elliot hesitates. I know. I also noticed this. And I was like, well, I don't know, babe. You've kind of given them all reasons to not trust you pretty fucking recently. Mm. And Elliot was rightfully big mad about it yeah i don't think that you can really say you do trust me right to them i don't think you actually and by you i mean sophie i don't think really she's in a position to expect that of them at all but also i do think elliot trusts her i think he does but i think he does against his instincts yeah he's grump like he trusts her but he's grumpy about it yeah like he's like if it was anyone else mm -hmm. like Anyone who wasn't on the team, he's mm. like, I wouldn't trust yeah. you. But, you know, it's like a begrudging. Yeah. Like, ugh, I mean, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't think you actively want us dead, you know, yeah. kind of thing. More than, like, a genuine, I would, I feel like it's not, I would trust you with my life. Mm. But I think it is, I don't think you actively want me dead. Yeah. Like, there is a level of trust there, but it's I not- don't trust your choices and I don't trust necessarily, like, your actions, but mm-hmm. I do trust that your intentions are not harmful towards me. Yes, I trust your intentions is a good way to put it. 
Because you can certainly have a scenario where you know that the person is doing what they think is best, even if you don't agree with the, you know, the actions that they take, or if even if you don't agree with what they think is best, you can still at least acknowledge that their intentions are good. Okay, no worries at all. Well, I think that is like everything I wanted to really say about this episode. Do you have any other like points or like lines or anything even you want to just give a quick shout out as like not particularly I think I think ultimately this particular episode really boils down to who's trusting who and how much do you trust them and I think by the end of the episode they pretty well established that actually all of them trust each other quite a bit even Tara yeah even Tara and even Nate like I think that they have sort of acknowledged or more, maybe they have all realized within themselves, mm. even though trusting is hard, particularly with yeah. their backgrounds, particularly in this line of work, it is also so necessary that they kind of have to put their own like notions aside and just take that risk on trusting another person. And I think that what Leverage has shown us so far and what it seems to be continuing to show us is that putting your trust in people and allowing that vulnerability will pay in dividends, Mm. you know? I also think it's an interesting point because we've reached the end of the episode and Tara has worked Nate out. I think that is something really important that we haven't mentioned so Mm -hmm. far, but by the end of the episode, the cop scam works because Tara finally realises how Nate works and how to communicate with Nate. Like, yeah. And how his brain works and, like, she manages to slip, like, the coded message. Yeah. Which I think is a really important thing because it's one of those things where it's, like, at this point the rest of the team has had, like, two years to, like, like yeah. they know Nate, they've worked with Nate, they know how to read, like, his codes in that, which, of course, like... And they know how he runs his cons. Mm. And I think that's an important thing because, like, all of the others, like, they were sort of there at the beginning mm-hmm. before Nate was quite so, like... Well, Nate was still drunk as hell. Nate was still drunk as hell, but I would also say that near the start of the season, he would have probably communicated more. Mm. He would have laid out his plans more. Like, they would have, like, he wouldn't have just automatically gone into speaking in codes. But because they've gotten to the point as a team where he can speak in codes and they will understand. Yeah. Like, I think that's the other thing. It's like, it's not everyone else is on level 10 and Tara's coming at level 2. Like, yeah. And also, I do love that they had him acknowledge to her at the end of the episode, like, I will try harder. Yeah. Like, I will make more of an effort to communicate in a way that suits Mm. you rather than just expecting you to catch up to where we're at. I acknowledge that you are putting in work. I will also put in work. And also, she's doing them a favor. Yeah. Because, or rather, she's doing Sophie a favor. Yeah. You know, but like she doesn't have to help. She's not obliged to stay with mm. them any at all. She could just be like, you know what? I've done this con. I've taken my cut. It was a nice name knowing you, yeah. you know, respect, whatever, and just fuck yeah. off to whoever knows where. Mm. You know, she could, she's well within her rights. Yeah. She's essentially a casual worker. She can just leave at any point. You know, she doesn't have to give them two weeks' notice. She can fuck off. Like the fact that she's choosing to stay, I think, is indicative of two things. One, it's indicative of how much she owes Sophie or how much she respects Sophie. Mm. Um, And two, I think it is indicative of the fact that as much as she is new to the team, she can see that it's working 
what they're doing and she can see the benefit for her. I mean, she also has the line right at the end of the episode, which is like, you're right, you are the best I've ever seen, mm-hmm. but you're not as good, good as, as you think you are. I did love that line as well. I really did love that line because I think it is an important thing to recognize is that Nate, his arrogance is really prominent. Now that he's sober, like, his arrogance is really starting to come out. And it's also, like, this is, I think, probably getting a little bit ahead of myself because mm-hmm. I'm starting to think ahead to season three now. Like, okay. we're coming yeah. to the end of season two. Yeah. And we do need to wrap up this episode, but I do very quickly, no, while we okay. kind of organi- organically mm-hmm. come to it, I do want to talk about it. My thought is that they have reached a point where they are sort of, they've set themselves up as if they're kind of untouchable. But yes. a few times now, characters have been given Nate's, like, full name. Or we've had moments yeah. where characters have known about, like, particularly, mm-hmm. and it is particularly Nate. Yeah. Nate's backstory and things. Yeah. And I can see that being an issue more and more as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Because obviously words going to get around. And I'm starting to think that maybe season three, once Sophie is, I assume Sophie yeah. will be back by season yeah. three. But... I think that while I while I'm still holding on to the notion that I think season three will be about another character, yeah. I do also think that it is going to be them reckoning with a certain amount of notoriety mm-hmm. and the increased risk that comes with mm-hmm. that, yeah. and the other difficulties that come with that from yeah. a legal standpoint, like from a maybe maybe they will lean into a sort of like. Uh, Henriksen in supernatural type yeah. of situation okay, yeah. where there is someone who is and then they're just going to randomly kill to... them off like no because this is leverage not supernatural like my thought is that maybe there is going to be some sort of legal action like someone mm. is trying to take them down yeah maybe that's Sterling mm. that would be I think a really fun way yeah. to bring him back although I guess it doesn't really tie into his job role yeah. but he could be doing it as like a hobby yeah. you know I suppose I just I think that that is probably even if it's not a main plot I do think it is an element that they would be likely to introduce. Yeah. It just seems like it would be appropriate. Yeah. Okay. No, that's... They are thoughts. Okay. That I am not going to They're thoughts that I am having currently in my noggin. They are good thoughts. Oh. They are Oh my God, I'm getting another good grade. Yeah, you're getting... Oh my God. I've gotten two good grades in podcasts in one hour span. I would say that's like a solid A, A plus level of like... Stop it. Stop it. I am internally screaming right now and I cannot tell you why. Okay. <laughs> Which is like the highest grade possible that you can achieve in podcast. Amazing. Like amazing. I hope someone sends you some all caps messages. Yeah. Because that is the best. Yes. I am hoping that someone else is also internally screaming with me here. Because they know exactly what I am thinking of right now. Okay. And Wow, have we hit some psychic Beth territory? Low key, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like you're wrong. Oh. But you're also right. <laughs> But you're also right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. in some ways, you are Just wrong. Just really popped my bubble. In some ways, you are, like, completely wrong. In other ways, you are almost okay. eerily accurate. Okay. So, like, obviously, I'm not going to tell you. No, please what, don't. Because it like, will be more fun for me this way. But, like, yeah, like, not going to lie. Okay. Um, I've touched on something. You've, you've touched on something that is, like, absolutely hilarious to me um, and kind of eerily accurate Okay. Um, in that three or four thoughts that you just had. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's going to be really fun. I, I'm very excited then for you to see through to the end of the season. 
because mm-hmm. there are events that happen that I think will certainly shape your thoughts. Ooh, okay. So I am excited to see how that's going to happen. Oh my god, Interpol. Wait. What? No, okay. okay. Well, you yep. said before that there was like, yep. and I did block my ears. I don't really know what you said, but... Yeah, no, no. I, I literally just said, I'm just pointing out the first Okay, instance so of you didn't interval. elaborate anymore on that. No, no, okay. no. I knew that. No, no elaboration. I literally just pointed okay. out that we get okay. well, an interval cover for the first well, time. Well, yeah. well, if they're going to start talking about Interpol, then yeah. maybe. Especially because we already know that the characters are like really wanted in a lot of different yeah. countries for a lot of different yeah. things. Sophie is currently international. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if maybe... Maybe maybe that's like the agency that could be could be investigating them. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna keep thinking about it. I'm gonna keep thinking about it. Keep, I will come back. Keep with turning that one over in your mind. I, like you know you know how you make butter. Yeah. Okay. Imagine that my brain is the vessel that you make butter in. That's okay. And it's I'm, churning. I'm so excited because we're like two, three, four episodes from you getting some like more pieces to that puzzle. Okay. So like. Okay, I'm excited. Like, whatever thoughts you're having, stew on them for the next couple of episodes, and then you will get some hopefully really satisfying answers. Amazing. Okay, cool beans. Okay? Yes. Lovely. So, what would you rate the runway job out of five? I gave it a three. Okay, yep, solid. I thought it was a fine episode. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that it was that extraordinary, but I definitely didn't think it was bad. Yeah. There were no moments in it that I disliked. Yeah. But the highs weren't as high as I have grown accustomed to. So, I think that's just by the nature of the episode. They really needed to establish Tara and yes. who she was as a character, like how she's going to fit into the team. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was a very middle-of-the-road, standard yeah. leverage episode. Hence, I'm giving it a three. I think that's a fair score. It's 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 certainly one that I'm like, I wouldn't be mad about rewatching mm. it, but I wouldn't go out of my way to rewatch it, you know? Yeah. Lovely. All good. Mm-hmm. The next episode is called The Bottle Job. What do you think it's about? Okay. I have... My immediate thought, I know is wrong, but yeah. it is fun. My immediate my immediate thought, when I hear the word bottle, yeah. I think of bottle o okay. Which, yeah. for those people who don't live in Australia or anywhere else where bottle o is slang, it basically is like shop where you buy alcohol. Like liquor I think store. A liquor store is, I think, what Americans yeah. call it. We call it the bottle o and Or a bottle shop. Yeah. If, you're, shop. if you're being fancy, it's a bottle shop. Yeah. But generally speaking, it's like, oh, like I'm going down to the bottle o Yeah. And... <laughs> Like, that's so that's immediately where my mind goes. So I'm like, maybe they're going to do something with Nate yeah. and they're going to have, like, a... He's going to have a relapse. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But typically the titles are about the con they're running, yeah. not about what's happening with the characters. Yeah. So even though that was my first instinct, I'm going to put it to the side. I don't think yeah. that that's going to have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Also because, like, Bottle is like, it's, it's a pretty Australian yeah. slang thing. So I'm 99% sure that's not where they're going. In which case... Oh, the other thing I thought... Um, like pretty immediately from Bottle O, the next progression of thought is like the recycling depots yeah. where you give the bottles okay, yeah. and they give you 10 yeah. cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's also only in Australia. I think thing. that's also only in Australia. It's thing. also also very specific to like specific states in Australia because yeah. not every state does it. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm triangulating our location. But <laughs> point is like the, the like bottle can recycling depot thing yeah. where you like you bring in your cans and your bottles and they give you money. Yeah. Exchange. That, again, I don't think is where they're going. No. So... Some very Australian answers there. Yep. <laughs> In case you forgot. Um, and so then, I suppose, oh, the bottle job. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of, like, because obviously I'm, like, immediately I've gone to, like, a bottle, like, a glass bottle yeah. of, like, wine or beer yeah. or, like, you know, cider, whatever you want to call it. 
But I'm wondering if it's maybe like in reference to something else. Yeah. Because sometimes the titles are very, very on the nose and sometimes they're kind of obscure. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if maybe it's like in reference to like, like a bottleneck. Like, you know how like if traffic is bottlenecked. So maybe it's about like pressure building up Mm -hmm. to an explosive point, which I guess could make sense. Because we've had a new character introduced. It yeah. could make sense because of the whole Sophie Nate working their shit out kind mm. of thing. It could be in relation to, like, we're coming closer to the end of the season. Maybe they're going to start setting up stuff for the finale. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's about pollution. Maybe. Maybe it's about mm. plastic bottles in the ocean. Mm. I'm going to say that. Okay. I'm going to say yeah. it's about it's somehow somehow about pollution. Where, mm-hmm. That kind of ties into my recycling thing. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's about, like, dumped rubbish. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be my... That's, that's, I think I'm wrong. I do want to put it out they're here. They're all your I thoughts? Think I have given like four different scenarios. I don't think any of them are correct in any way. But I think I'm going to go with some sort of like illegal dumping. Okay. Like, or just general like ocean or mm-hmm. waterway pollution. Like, I think that that's yep. where my brain is at. Okay. At yep. the moment. Yeah. No more thoughts? Nah. Okay. Unless it's a dolphin. Could be a bottlenose dolphin. Okay, perfect. It's a kind of a bottlenose dolphin now. Maybe it's set in an aquarium, Jamie. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a really rare fucking dolphin. Okay. (laughs) Look, you clearly have ideas. I've got no idea. I'm shooting the shit right now. We're going to move on. (laughs) Good idea. Um, Well, thank you so much for listening to us today. If you want, you can find us on all sorts of social media platforms. It's all in the link below. All of them will be in our link trees below. You can also find our other podcast link tree in the description below. Mm-hmm. Come chill with us, listen to that, listen to us. Like, just, We're always happy to have a good conversation. And if you want to talk to us about something, you can talk to us about literally anything. But suggested conversation topics include... The hat thing. I swear to God, this is a theory that I did not think... I was going to, I made a single joke in like the pilot and I did not think that it was going to extend. Not, I didn't think it was going to extend beyond that one episode, let alone the whole season, let alone into the second, let alone into multiple characters. This is, I, this is my theory now. I have attached myself to it. So talk to Beth about hats. If you want, you can talk to me about glasses because <laughs> they make some interesting glasses choices this episode. Actually, honestly, like just favorite accessories or yeah. least favorite accessories. Ooh, just yeah. accessories in general because also Nate's fan, also mm-hmm. his earring, also everything Parker ever wears. Also, were you a dumbass like me and thought that Parker accidentally fell the first time you watched this show? <laughs> like, I was young, if you okay? Think that, if you think that you're not a dumbass, <laughs> I just want to point that out. In case some other people have not come to that conclusion. Ooh, any meta you have in this episode about, like, Tara and Parker and the team and Nate and, like, all of the dynamics. Tell me the thoughts on the fucking explosion from the pilot that apparently never gets answered. I need answers and I need them Mm. immediately, please. Come to the Discord and tell me your fucking theories about what was going on with the house that exploded. Obviously spoilers blah 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 but like it, to the best of your ability tell me your theories please god <laughs> okay well i think there that's enough so like thank you so much for spending like your morning your evening your afternoon your lunch your day your brunch midnight 2 a.m 3 a.m i don't know i'm progressively getting later <laughs> but thank you for spending some time with us bye bye